We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you... Oh, wait. We are starting the podcast. Okay. So welcome to the Way Niagara Podcast Christmas edition. I'm your host, Jordan Berta. And we have Chris Dalgleish, Steve Lamar, and our first ever guest on the podcast, Trisha Wollen. How are you doing? Hello. Good. How are you guys? We are thinking Christmas. And I don't know what we've all you know, given and received, but you know, in this time in between Christmas day and new year's is just a time to reflect, um, on Jesus and also just to think about the year as well. And so we are focusing today on Christmas and on family, and I'm really looking forward to the conversation that we are going to have today. But to start off, I do want to get to know Trisha a little bit. So why don't you just let us in a little bit about your your life and family, and say, how did you get connected with, with Way? Grew up in Hamilton, moved to Niagara uh, a few years ago, and um, getting connected with Way, I've known Chris for, for more than a decade now. He was one of the youth pastors at uh, an old church of mine, or really current church, and so when I heard that he was starting a church right here. I'm like, oh, I would like to support that. I would like to keep on coming out. So as we've been doing their home groups and going to House of Worship, it's just like, well, I attend when I can and I support when I can. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you. And the four of us are actually have been in two groups together already. And so this is a very familiar group of people. And so I thought, who better to have these conversations with? Because we know each other. But there's also going to be things that we don't know about each other. So this is going to be fun. You guys are all going to get to listen in on just these kinds of stories. And so I just want to start off with Christmas traditions. So I'm going to start with Chris. Mm -hmm. Tell me a bit about your favorite Christmas tradition in your family. Could be your family growing up. Or your family now? Mm. My favorite tr- Christmas tradition is uh, the Christmas breakfast at the Dalgleish Ranch at my parents' place. Uh, the overcooked bacon, the uh, causing the children to riot because some uncle has purchased Nerf guns. Or, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite things. Just that little morning routine of getting up kind of just dragging yourself over there for breakfast opening up some gifts having having the day start that way it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the day that to me is is the christmas tradition awesome steve for us it's uh, a tradition that started with my parents and we've actually brought to my current family uh so christmas eve has always been a big deal for us so on Christmas Eve, everybody gets to open one present. You get to watch a movie. You get to eat whatever snacks you want. You make requests ahead of time, and we do the grocery shopping so everybody has what they want. And it's just a night of enjoying time together as a family. And that's just so special to me, especially now that I have my own kids, getting to watch them have that same excitement I had as a child doing those things. Awesome. Trisha? Um, my family tradition would be... You'd have that week off of school in between uh, Christmas and New Year's. And so we'd finish school on Friday. We would drive three hours to my grandparents' house and we'd spend the entire week uh, with my grandparents. And Christmas Eve would always be at my um, 
my Omi and Opa's house. And then basically the rest of the time would be at my grandma and grandpa's house with all my cousins. There was uh, one family lived right next door. Another family lived a little bit down the street. The other family that lives in Ontario um, just lives in town. So they're like 10 minutes away. And so we'd all come and gather at my grandparents' farm and we would run across the farm and play in the hay bales, which I don't know if grandma and grandpa liked that, but (laughs) it was a lot of family Mm -hmm. and you'd have the turkey dinner, you'd have the ham, sometimes they would change, but it was all about gathering. Mm. Awesome. And that's what I'm hearing, right? Is it's actually about spending time with people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with our loved ones and our family. And usually those are the same people, our loved ones, and our family. Um, You hope. (laughs) You hope. So one for me that I was just thinking about is my mother. So when I was growing up, I had a stepbrother and a stepsister that are both around my age. And so my mom would do one of our gifts to be a theme, that it would be something we would all get a version of the same thing. So the year that she wanted us to help start help cleaning is she bought each of us cleaning supplies. Nice. Or (laughs) when we all started driving, she got us like a survival kit for the car. Mm. And mine is still in my car years later. And so for one year it was um, personalized like coffee mugs. Like, so like, it was like a theme that all of us would have the same thing. And I always enjoyed that because Christmas morning, we'd get together, you know, and have a late breakfast, brunch, and open presents. And I was always looking forward to like, what would be the thing that we would all mm-hmm. have in common? I actually have a very similar story to that. Right. of uh, My aunt Cindy, she wasn't married for a majority of my, well, all my childhood, she only got married uh, seven plus or minus years ago. And so on my dad's side, there was five grandchildren and she had a fairly good paying job. And so she would get each five of us a themed gift. And so one year it was watches. One year it was things having to do with tickets. So like uh, my sister got the ticket to ride game. Mm. Um, I, my, one of my other sister got like a basketball jersey. And so, but one thing that she does really funny and I'm me and my cousin Cody are the ones that mainly solve it is she disguises or puts a code for who the present is to. So sometimes it's just numbers. Sometimes it's one time it was a Bible verse and we have to solve the clue to figure out whose gift is who. Wow. So this, uh, this past year, it was your the number of days until your birthday oh. is that whose gift was to plus or minus um i think it was it was whatever days closer and so okay. like if your birthday was well all of them are before yeah if your birthday was yeah just whether it's closer like coming up next or it's just like your days until christmas whatever number is smaller okay one time it was the number of kilometers to your house from where we currently are so it's like, oh, that year is at my parents' house. And so my gift was zero. <laughs> my number was zero because I am at my own house. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and being an expert with maps and stuff, I could see you getting that kind of thing really quickly. Yeah, I got that one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. See, I love this, right? That there are these things that 
kind of start and someone does it once and it's kind of cool and it's well received and then it just continues to happen and that these are the kinds of things that we look forward to when we have those holiday times together and so on a similar vein um to what trish and i were just sharing favorite gift Hmm. you've ever received for christmas and you can't say the baby jesus oh man why not See, well, he wasn't he wasn't born on Christmas, that's why. Mm. Ah. Very good. Uh, I'm gonna go with the most memorable gift because I have a terrible memory and that's something you learn quick. I can memorize Bible stuff, but uh, aside from that it's an adventure. So the gift I can remember the most, I really wanted a yo-yo ball. And it was a glow-in-the-dark yo-yo shaped like a ball. So when you threw it, it would light up glow-in-the-dark. It was so exciting when you're eight. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I remember I got in trouble on Christmas Eve. And that was my Christmas Eve gift that I was supposed to be allowed to open. So I was so disappointed that my parents gave me socks instead. So I thought this yo-yo ball was gone for good. And Christmas Day, my parents snuck it under the tree for me. But uh, I thought for sure I, I was done in. I'm, I'm getting undergarments for Christmas. <laughs> my most favorite gift was the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles party wagon. Uh, when I got that, uh, I lost my brains. And I can remember that Christmas, everyone bought me turtles. So it was like, it was amazing. It was the best Christmas. Just ripping into all those this would be like, I don't know, 1988 or something, right? So before Trisha and I were born. That's correct, yes. <laughs> All right. Trisha? I'm kind of like Steve. I have a terrible memory for, like, gifts. And but say, one of the ones I do remember getting, we were on a road trip out west visiting my aunts out there. And that was the year. It's like we got a lot of dolls. And it was very – it's stuff that you could pack in a car and not take up very much space for three days. And – yeah, we got dolls, but I also got Barbie walkie-talkies. And I was jumping on the bed. And honestly, I don't remember if this was actually real or a dream. But I was jumping on the bed, and the Barbie walkie-talkies were on the bed. And I just remember them, like, flying off the bed and hitting the wall. And I think I broke them. Hmm. But I, I never remember having those again at the house. I don't remember playing with them. The Maybe other Christmas gift, I th- think... DDR. It was Dance Dance Revelation on PlayStation 2. We had the mats. We had to rebuy the mats a couple times because they always get little rips in them. But we played that game for... We weren't weren't a gamer family, but that was the one game we played for years. I do remember that one. I would not have been good at that. I was only good at Mario DDR, which was made for, like, little kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Donkey Konga, which was similar, but with bongos. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It would be interesting to try that. Oh, that a game. That's great. And I don't, I don't know why, but this is the one that just keeps on flashing into my mind. Is I do like older things, like kind of historical things. And so kind of a two-part thing is my grandmother had given me an old record player. It was of the, like a 43, I believe, size record. And it was, the record player was broken, like the needle thing was broken, but I just thought this was so cool 
that I have a record player from like the early 1900s. And those have come back in style again. I know. I wish it worked. I wish it worked because I would use it. And it came with a couple records. But then later on, like that wasn't a Christmas present, but later that year for Christmas, my mom got me a really nice display case for it. Hmm. So like it could sit in my room in a nice way to like be able to look at this really cool record player that didn't work that I wish did. Nice. So this is fun. All right. So continuing on with favorites or most memorable Christmas songs. Trisha. You make me think on this one. Um, okay, well, the one you were singing at the beginning of the podcast, We Wish You a Merry Christmas, is the first thing that pops into my mind. Uh, mine will be a lot weirder. <laughs> okay. So uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies growing up was A Muppet Family Christmas, and their intro song to me just mm-hmm. says Christmas. As soon as I hear it, I'm like, season started. We're good. <laughs> nice. Mine would be uh, Ramon's Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight. Okay, cool. And for me would be Oh Holy Night. Hmm. I have like that song always gets to me, especially on the second verse. All right. And so we do want to talk about scripture and to just kind of reflect on this gift of God. We've talked about gifts and I said you couldn't say the baby Jesus, but that is the ultimate Christmas gift that Jesus came to this earth in a very humble way, in a very unusual way. And that was the start of what changed the world. And so, Steve, why don't you take us to that passage that just comes to mind for you when you think about Christmas and even just give a little bit of context and thought around around that passage. Yeah, so Jordan asked me, what is my favorite sort of Bible story for Christmas. And my immediate thought was when Gabriel comes to Mary and reveals what's about to happen. It is just such an amazing moment to think that God would send an angel to this lone virgin that just, you know, is doing her best to serve and find out that she is going to be the mother of the son of God. Like this amazing moment just happens. And uh, I prefer the story told by Luke. Um, Luke was a physician, a doctor, and a bit of a historian. And uh, he's pretty firm about his facts. So I really like the way that he tells his stories and he's very well educated. So uh, I'm going to jump into reading it. If you are interested... We are looking at Luke 1, uh, starting at verse 26. So, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, 
and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her, who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. I think that story for me really presses the point that God can use anybody. Because Mary was just an innocent, quiet virgin that we assume she just was doing her best to follow the laws. And she was chosen. And she was willing. Absolutely. It makes me think because this was not the only time you know, an angel appeared to someone in this grander story. And I think about the difference between Mary's reaction and Zechariah's reaction. Hmm. Oh, yeah. He came to him and said, you are going to have a son. And this was after years of his wife not being able to conceive. He just did not believe it. And God took away his ability to speak until the baby came. And... But interestingly, too, what always strikes me is his reaction when the first things that he does say when he gets his voice back is praising God. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a really interesting thought, right? That sometimes it's in the silence that we actually regain our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, it speaks to his character, too. Yeah. 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 And then we get our voice back, and the first thing that we want to do is to praise the Lord. But Mary <laughs> had a special degree of faith that she was willing to go for it from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And like that is a very, very special trait. Well, as a teenager too. And as a teenager. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know how I would feel if if an angel came to me and told me I was with child. Well, that wouldn't happen. But if... Hey, with God, anything's possible. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I guess so. What's the movie where... um... Twins? No. Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. Is it Junior? Came out... Mr. Mom. Well, that's a Lone Star song, but Pretty he sure had a movie. Came out like it came out in the late eighties. Wait, we got technology. He gets pregnant. Yeah. He gets pregnant. Yeah. And you're like, oh, he wants to feel what it's all about. And funny oh, movie, anyhow. <laughs> but that, but I just can only imagine what Mary's feeling, because I'm sure there was some anxiety there. There was like, wait, how is this going to happen? How is Joseph going to react? Like, how are all of these things going to come together? But her words were still, whatever you say, Lord. Yep. I'm going to go with this. I don't know exactly how this is going to happen, but I'm going to trust. And that's a really powerful thing when we can get to that point. Well, especially when you count the society that she's in. She's an unwed teenager that is suddenly pregnant. How would that look in that culture? The movie was called Junior. Oh, I was right. Second time. (laughs) (laughs) Deep truths with movie quotes. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Yeah, it just is such a great way of just, or just a great demonstration of faith. 
And so, can any of you think of a moment in your own life where you had, like, an experience with God where something was revealed to you that seemed completely out of the question? And maybe how you reacted. I can start. So, it's one that a lot of people consider potentially controversial because it depends on if you believe in the gift of healing still existing and in miracles still happening. But uh, I worked at a grocery store and I did something that I probably shouldn't have, but uh, I was being pushed by my manager to do it and injured my shoulder significantly. Uh, We saw an x-ray. I actually had a chunk of my bone pulled away from my shoulder. So Uh, My doctor said, like, without surgery, which we can't do because you're too young, you will likely not have use of your arm above just lifting it a couple inches. So I left it for a couple of weeks, and then I decided one Sunday at church I'd go forward for prayer because I was realizing, you know, if I ever have kids, I'm not going to be able to pick them up. I won't be able to hold my wife. I won't be able to carry her across the threshold, which is... A fun tradition I've always wanted to do and um, yeah I just decided you know what I'll go for prayer we'll see what happens and there was a pretty intense prayer session that lasted probably 10-15 minutes I don't know I was praying and it sort of faded we all walked away from each other and I don't even know how it happened but we were at the back of the room having a conversation and the prayer session started again And they were praying over my shoulder and praying for complete healing. And I'm going like, God, I believe you can do it. I just don't believe you will do it for me. And I remember taking a moment and just thinking, do you know what? God, if this is your will, you'll do it. And I believe in that. And uh, we left church and my shoulder was still injured. And we went back to my parents' place and my now wife Sharon was with me and uh, I was tidying up my room which was required for Sharon to come over Uh, so I'm cleaning my room and I pick up a box and move it to the other side of the room and I realize I just picked up a box I'm not supposed to be able to move that arm so I picked up another box and there's no pain so I move my arm and there's no pain and like just the amazing feeling that having that faith and God was willing to move in that moment really built my faith. Like having the faith actually built my faith, seeing the results from it. That's really powerful. So does anyone else have an example of where maybe something was revealed to you by God and you just needed faith to be able to respond to that? Yeah, well, way. Okay. This was a big jump for me. I was very happy to be at the church I was working for uh, with the staff and the the people and the families I was working for. And when God started to put on my heart, it was time to go and and take on something a little deeper, a little more. um, It was a little bit of a stretch for me. And uh, like if you listen to our previous podcast, you know, it all, you know, it took a pulmonary embolism to really reframe uh, my whole thinking and, and whatnot, but, uh, jumping and saying, okay, I don't know what you're asking me to do, God, but I'm going to go because it's not about my comfort. It's about what you want me to do. Um, really needed to happen. And it, it was a stretch for me and Kara, uh, to 
pull ourselves out of something that was so good or that we viewed as so good and then uh, just kind of reframe our whole lives around okay we're going to come and and launch a church having limited experience um, and really bring ourselves back to a community that we had left previously um, and and see what God's going to do for this new season it's huge and we're starting to see the fruits of that yeah all right, we're getting started with, with the church. It'll be about a year since we started kind of doing some preliminary gatherings, and now we're just really kind of getting into things. And it's been really cool just to see the faith of different people, right? Like each person that I've met at Way actually has a, a really cool story of like how they ended up here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has been historic relationships, but there's also been some really cool kind of providential encounters that has led to those kinds of things happening. And and I find for me that if I just have a really strong sense about something, mm-hmm. I just feel like I just need to follow it. Mm-hmm. I just need to act. Yeah. And I remember one time I was visiting a church service at a different church, and I talked to this guy before the service, and he was really interesting. And I wanted to talk to him more. But in the middle of the pastor's sermon, he gets up and yells, this is boring, I'm going home. <laughs> and so the dude, the dude takes off, and I'm really, really disappointed because I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to continue this conversation. And I felt the Lord tell me the next morning, go for a drive at 3 o'clock. And I'm thinking, like, I had no plans that day. It was my day off work. I didn't have any really intentions I know where to go, <laughs> but I just felt the Lord say, go for a drive at three o'clock. I'm like, okay. Well, I go to my car at three o'clock and that guy is walking down the street right in front of my house. Hmm. And so I stopped and I said, Hey, do you remember me from yesterday? And we talked and we got to finish that conversation that was just so life-giving and kind of strange, <laughs> but it was one of those things where, so I learned that's a simple, like not a life shot earth shattering thing, but it was just a great example to me that when there's a sense of something like that, just go with it. Mm-hmm. And even if it takes a little bit of a risk and you're kind of wondering like, what's going to happen? Like, is there a reason I'm supposed to do this or a reason I'm not supposed to do something? That That's one of the ways that we can learn to hear from the Lord is to kind of follow those urges and follow those senses. Yeah, I had a mentor that used to tell me, God knows better than you every single time. That's really good. That's really true. Mm-hmm. Trisha. Um, this is a, my story is about someone having faith for me, but it was about me. Mm-hmm. Of um, In university, I was switching majors and my mom praying to God and both my sisters had clear fields that they wanted to be in. They had clear, oh, this is what I want to do. And I did not have that. So my mom's just praying, God, what are you going to do with Trisha? Like, I don't know where this is going. I was going into a field that was like fairly new. Um, it's like studying, like studying maps, like analyzing them. And just like, what the heck job can you do with that? Mm-hmm. And... This is this is all my mom just telling me. Um, but God told her, "Is like, don't worry, I got this." 
It's like, so I'm just trying to figure out what to do with my life as a 20 year old. And my mom's like, all right, God's got this. I have to let Trisha do what she's doing and have to just trust that God's going to lead her where she is. And so after university, it takes me a while to find a job, but I get in one that I don't really like. But I stay there for a couple of years. And then I was like, okay, why don't I just, but it's an office job, can't be that bad. It's at least good resume experience. So I was like, okay, maybe I just apply for another admin job, but maybe try to go for a company that has to do with mapping. And it's like, so the job I didn't like, I was in it for two years and I applied for a job that wanted two years experience, that wanted a background in geography, that wanted experience in these things. So like when they asked me in the interview, like, oh, what, tell me about yourself. I'm like, here's your posting. I think I'd be good for this job because I match almost every single one of your like, like requirements of what you guys would like. Hmm. And I'm still with that company five and a half years later. And I love my job and I love the people I work with. But I didn't know this 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. My mom didn't know this 10 years ago. And she's like, no. And even going through hard times where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to be here. I just want to get out. But it's like, nope, there's a, there's a method to the madness where, yeah, sometimes you have to go through hard places to figure out where you need to be in the end because no matter what, you're going to grow through them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm thinking now about other parts of the Christmas story where things were revealed to different people, whether it be the wise men or it be the shepherds. And really, to distill it down into a theme here, there is a lot in the Christmas story about just simple obedience and following, whether it's following the star or following the angels. Absolutely. That there is this whole thing where it's like, we are God has created this plan, this supernatural plan, and he has asked us to specifically participate in a certain way, and we don't know how this is gonna end. Mary probably didn't realize that there was gonna be books written about her and all of this stuff that was gonna come. She was just a teenager just trying to get through the next day. And so I just wanna encourage everyone that's listening, Take a moment and just kind of ponder that question that we've talked about. Think about when something has been revealed to you, maybe a moment where you need faith. Maybe that's something you're going through right now. And just look back at the Christmas story and see where God intervenes in the world. And how he uses different people from different walks of life to accomplish his plan. And just just ponder that. And I even think about where it even says about Mary, and she pondered those words in her heart. I'm sure when she's dealing with morning, morning sickness and all this stuff, there's probably a lot of deep thought. And there are probably moments where it's like, God, seriously? <laughs> but there, were, there was deep thought, and it is in those moments of reflection and contemplation that we can actually get closer to Jesus. And that, and Jesus, as it's commonly said, is the reason for the season. Now, it has been made very clear to me at Way that Christmas is Chris's favorite season. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Oh, come on. It's uh, the lights and the, the sounds and the smells. It engages all your senses and uh, it ignites hope. And this is my message is Christmas is about hope. The, the wise men 
the shepherds, Mary, all of the joy and all the obedience and the sacrifice was for the sake of hope, a belief that something greater was coming and that the prophesied Messiah was arriving. And that hope ignited in them a joy and a fire to, to, to learn more and to, to explore this more. And I think that that's kind of the heart of way is that we're a church that we want people to, to want to explore this more, to want to come to find out what, what is this Jesus all about? And in that grasp, the hope that the story offers of the promised Messiah, the coming savior, and then see the sacrifices that were made and see uh, these lives that uh, were transformed by this person, by the savior coming and this season. And then yeah, that's why, that's why this season is my favorite because there's so much hope and, and you know, and it comes at the end of the year, you're kicking off a new year. It's like you have all these hopes for that next year and it needs to happen. You need to have Christmas to really just solidify the end of the year. Let's get some fresh hope going. Let's get some new dreams going. Let's, let's, yeah, let's celebrate. So, so that to me, that's Christmas. I mean, if it was every day, I don't think it would be as exciting, but because it's, uh, you know, such a short season of hope, uh, and all the other incredible virtues that come from it, I think, uh, I think that sums up Christmas for me. That's really good. And and I want to end on this question and I'm going to encourage each of you at home to think about this question, but I'm also going to ask our panel here. And the question is, what are you hoping for? Whether it be in your life, in your family, your job, like whatever sphere that is kind of coming to mind right now. And I even encourage you listening right now just to take a moment and to kind of reflect on that question with maybe the people that you're you're close to, or even just to talk to God about it. But let's start with Steve. What are you hoping for? All right. I got sort of a twofold one. And I feel confident in the one and the other I kind of fear. Uh, so the biggest things are I never want to lose faith. That is my biggest one. But my second one is, is I never want to make someone else stumble. Mm-hmm. I think that's plain, simple as I can get on that one. Yeah, good one. I want everyone to have a deeper relationship with God for them to know him and myself included. My relationship with God could definitely be better. I could Mm -hmm. definitely do a better job reading my Bible. Mm -hmm. And that's where it comes. It comes with consistency. You Mm -hmm. don't build friendships over a day. It comes with constant or repeated, repeated exposure, a repeated connection where it's like, yeah, you're not going to, find a connection right away. Reading one book of the Bible will not do that. You can, I had university classes where you were, or uh, English classes where they were required to read the entire Bible. And yeah, there's probably lots of people who could read the entire Bible and not get anything out of it. But if you're searching for something, it's almost impossible not to find something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And I think for me is I just think about certain situations that I can't really be too public about, but for healing, hmm. whether it be physically for family members or even just for 
some really broken relationships. My hope is that God is going to work through that. And I do believe, and I tell people regularly, you know, the Romans 8, 28 tells us that God works all things together for good. But sometimes that's not until the end. And my hope is, let's see it soon. And, and again, I try to be patient and wait, but I really want those things, especially for the people that are closest to you, right? Mm -hmm. That there is, you know, if there's someone that is struggling that you care deeply about, yes, God, do it now, please do it now. Chris, I'll give you the final word on this question. What are you hoping for? I'm hoping to have a deeper impact in the life of uh, community people this year. I'm hoping I, to have some more open doors and some deeper conversations with people who are really seeking. Um, and also some conversations with people that are really on the fence about their their faith and religion in general. I think, uh, I think that's my hope, is that this year I can really help some people on their journey. That's, uh, that's my heart. It's awesome. Well, there's a lot to ponder, a lot to consider, and I'm just grateful that we're able to kind of demonstrate the first part of this conversation as friends and Satricia, Steve, Chris, thanks for being a part of this. But to all of you listening, let this not just be something that you listen to, but actually something that maybe you reflect on as well. What am I hoping for? What is an area where I need to demonstrate my faith in Jesus when something has been revealed to me? And maybe discuss those things with people around you or even come and share those things with us. We would love to see you at a house of worship or at one of our groups. And we would love to have these kinds of faith-forming conversations with you. And so until next time, we say Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. <laughs>